Welcome to the Root to Rise talk show with Angel Rohr and Rebecca Haywood. We are on a mission to assist you with reconnecting to your internal wisdom, support you with unconditional love, and respectfully guide you towards your next transformative step in your rise to freedom. Take a look in this mirror we provide and join us on our mission, Root to Rise. See you in there. Greetings and welcome to a new show, Root to Rise, with my beloved Rebecca Haywood. Thank you so much for joining. Mm, thank you for having me, Darlene. So happy to be here. So excited to share some journeying with you and how we came about to sit here on this podcast. Yeah. It's quite the journey. <laughs> quite the journey. <laughs> yeah, and I'm so excited to share some of the pieces that that we have walked through in the last little bit. So I have been working in, in the Toltec tradition for 10 years. And it blows my mind that I just recently found you. You know, it really goes to show as you do your work, the teachers that you need appear on the journey when it's time right and and i think my story with you is a perfect example of that because goodness knows you've been around for a long time yeah <laughs> right and you know i'm excited to to share some of your journey um to where you got to today but you know starting with how i met you um i just recently wrote a blog um about my last year and a half recovering from a hysterectomy and a PTSD trigger from in the hospital. And with all the work that I have done in, you know, the, the past couple of years, um, you start to understand the medicine you need and what you're looking for. So in the beginning, you're being taught how to stock, but then it comes to a point where you're like, okay, where's the medicine I need? Where's the medicine I need? Right. And a couple of years ago in my dreaming practice with the Ruizes, you drafted into my storyline several times. And so, you know, you kind of keep an eye and you're like, oh, that was a really bright piece of medicine. Ooh, that was a juicy thing here. So you start collecting these little bits of information. And one of the most powerful ones for me was when I was in a really big spin and dreaming at night and I got woken up at three o'clock in the morning. And, you know, we hear about that, you know, that the veil is thinner between, you know, these times in the twilight hours. And for me, that really did happen. Three o'clock in the morning, I'm like, what am I doing? And like, all of a sudden, my soul basket is reaching for my phone. And I, you know, do the distraction scroll and one scroll and boom, there's your face mm -hmm. doing this water cleansing ceremony. And the divine mother is there in like, I, it was like a, whoa. And like, I'm half asleep <laughs> in that dreaming space, watching you do this ceremony. And I just started bawling hmm. and I'm like, well, there's some medicine, right? So there's that piece. And then, you know, I have so many more over the next couple of years that, you know, this happened, but I was so focused on completing my apprenticeship with Miguel Sr. 
that that's where my focus stayed. And then, you know, once the release happens from the program and, you know, you're, you're now living it, you got, you kind of go into your practicum is what I would call it in the gym world. We call it, you know, now you go out and practice the skills. And when this hysterectomy hit, I was like, okay, where is she? <laughs> and you came to my area because you're in California uh-huh. and one of your sisters in Washington was doing a thing that you were coming to. And I was like, okay, well, she's literally landing in my lap. Apparently now it's time, <laughs> right? So you want to share a little bit about what, like, how did you end up in Washington? Like, how did that even happen? Well, yeah, longtime student and sister uh, who also studied with Madre Sarita, you know, Don Miguel's mother, for those who don't know who was an amazing, is really an amazing curandera because she very much is still actively working. <laughs> she don't, she don't need nobody to work. Right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we, we'd been doing, we'd sort of started some weekend retreats together back before pandemic. Right. And so we were just resuming that. And I, I just sort of on a whim called her up and said, Hey, you people ready for me again yet? Like, what do you say? So, yeah, so that was that. And, and we were going to be doing a fire cleansing, you know, for, I, I love incorporating, this is one of the ceremonies that Madre Sarita taught to me. And it's my favorite of all the tricks that she, she gave to me. Fire cleansing is by far my favorite. And I've since adopted it into my healing retreats to be able to allow a whole group to receive it sort of sort of a one-on-one, but still the whole group holding the container as you got to experience twice now. (laughs) And yeah, so it was really perfect because I think I had this set up before you reached out to me, you reached out for healing and you just, well, I want to work with you. Where do I start? Yeah. And the sense was that you needed cleansing before, you know, it was less about let's give you new words for the mind and address the you know, that part of the, the, the arena of healing and and more into the body and the emotional body specifically was a big one for you. And so it was perfect because your first egg cleansing, which is for those who don't know, is we actually use a, an egg (laughs) And, and we rub it still in the shell on the person's body. And because the egg is a living being, uh, it's polarized you know, it's magnetic. So it's actually draws the energy. And so it draws all the energy, not just the negative energy, but it does cleanse the body, but then it takes an imprint, you know, of a person's energetic field. And then we crack the egg into a glass of water and we perform a lectura, a reading, where we can read the physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, and even the worldly aspects of a person's dream. So it's used as sort of a, I, I hesitate to use the word diagnostic tool and, and also as a cleansing. So it, it's both. And yours very much revealed, ooh, we need to do a fire cleansing, which the truth is I see this need in most people because right. of the level of trauma that we all are carrying <laughs> and because of what humanity has been tapping into more and more in that realm of ancestral healing. So in in Sarita's mythology, fire cleansings were reserved for 
like black magic. You know, when black magic had been done, curses placed on someone in the case of like entity attachment, right? These kinds of things. And of course, in my world, I was seeing well, you know, because I was also studying with her son, Miguel, and we all know his teaching on the word, right? Yes. That our word is our spell and we cast spells with our word, black magic, white magic. And I was like, wow, everybody got curses placed on them. Like, could I use this tool at that level to really starting to break some of these cords of attachment from the mind, the spells based upon ourselves? And, and then, you know, that opened this whole other realm, which we can go down in another segment, but of sort of like, is there really any other spell that get cast upon us other than the one that we cast upon ourselves? Right. I mean, this is, <laughs> it's a big one. Uh, so I've been using the fire cleansings for pretty much anybody that walks through my door, if they'll let me. <laughs> right. Because um, and, you do have to surrender. Yeah. There yeah. is a surrender piece, right? Exactly. And so I, you know, of course you could have come to me here because the fire cleansing is not something I can do long distance on people. Right. Um, I can do the egg cleansing long distance. I can even do the psychic surgery long distance, but the fire cleansing, nope, you gotta, you gotta be here. You gotta come to mama. Right, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So it was so perfect and the timing of it because we had completed your three egg cleansings mm-hmm. and I think there was just a little bit of a lag. Oh no, we did one more there. That's right, your third Well, because you had the retreat. So you saw me before them and then mm-hmm. you did your couple of days and then yeah. I joined at the very end. So I had a couple of days to integrate. And let me tell you, did I ever need them? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's powerful stuff. It is. It is. Absolutely. And each egg cleansing is like accessing another layer and another layer. Onion, right. So by the time you get to that third one, you think like, oh, I'm just going to be light, right? Like, because everything's just being pulled from me. Well, mm-hmm. yes, you're lighter. And you're also, you know, it's sort of like, you know, when we wake up, right, when we have a spiritual awakening, we're enlightened. <laughs> and with all of that light, now we're also seeing, you know, the parts that are, that are hurt, that have been hurting mm-hmm. for quite a time, right, that, that need that, that alchemical embrace of, of our love, right? Well, and what I, the visual that kind of came to my head while you were explaining the, that it goes deeper, deeper, it's like, it, it's like a physical wound that you have. If it festers and there's all that, you know, I want to say pus and gunga, yuck, Go for it. <laughs> you know, and as you do the egg cleansing, that's kind of like the, the antibiotics. And then once it's cleaned, then, then you can actually see the wound. You can see the root. You can, you can see. So like when you say, yes, the enlightened part is there. When you're enlightened, your mirror is clear. You can see exactly what it is. And then you're at choice. Are you going to accept what you see and own it as yours and heal it? Like that, that's where the work begins. Like you come to a healer and you get all the, the pus cleared, cleared out. And then they say, here's your thing. What do you want to do with your thing? <laughs> right? What's that going to look like? Where, where do you go now? What is the next step after you've had your diagnosis? Mm-hmm. Right? Because when they come, like I know from my experience, when I came to the fire cleansing, it was pretty clear to me what I needed done. And you were like, oh, this is neat. And I'm like, perfect. We're in the same place. I can see it. You can see it. Let's get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? But 
probably most people when they come to you, they don't know what you're getting rid of. And, and do you always share all the information? Do they always hear all the information is really the question, right? <laughs> you meet them on that vibration where they can. Yeah. Actually yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, it's, you know, baby bites. Right. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, it really is. It doesn't matter. I mean, I, I can't really possibly overshare because we only hear what we're ready to hear. You know, right. if you're really not ready to hear it, it'll just kind of go in one ear out the other. We won't quite grasp it or we'll, we'll, we'll give the, I know, I know. Right. We put up oh, the defense, yeah. the defense of, oh yeah, I knew that. Like, mm -hmm. like, and then, you know, years later, and I tell the people, <laughs> years later, they reach out, they're like, wow, your <laughs> just came back to me. I can't believe I didn't catch that. But now it's just landed finally after, you know, seven years, here I am hearing those words. Thank you. You know, so it, it's truly, you know, we hear it when we're ready. Yeah. Whoa. And with you saying the seven year that mm -hmm. there, there's there, you know, it somewhere in science, I think I heard that it takes seven years to replace your cells. So yeah. wouldn't it make sense if you told them that and they couldn't hear it because their cells were injured, hurt, traumatized, whatever it is. And as the body alchemizes, because we do hold trauma in our cells. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. And if the theory is it takes seven years, technically, if you do the work, mm -hmm. all of it in seven years, you could be a completely different human having a new avatar to work with. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the, the key thing that, you know, you mentioned is if we do the work, right? Because we are, you know, maybe physically regenerating every seven years, but we are constantly regenerating ourselves. You know, every morning we wake up and we decide who we are right the new neural, <laughs> neural pathways are you still in that deep rut mm -hmm. or are you allowing the branches to grow and expand and evolve yeah yeah are we are we just you know retelling the same story you know it's like i like to say the rate of recidivism <laughs> in the human mind is higher than any criminal you know any right? criminal is the ones against ourselves we're re-traumatizing ourselves over and over and over again exactly. you know and I mean, we nobody. can go of that yeah uh, there's and, nobody that can beat us up and torture us as much as we can do ourselves because we know all our deep dark secrets all of them right yeah and it's even very you easy know, to turn that against ourselves right absolutely and it's it's the why you know even Sarita, Madre Sarita, who I witnessed, made, you know, could make a blind person see, a paralyzed person walk, like she did it, you know? And so, you know, these people would leave our little modest healing room in National City, California, walk out the door healed, and then come back, you know, one, two, three months later, with either the same thing or something different, right? And that's when I really, you know, Sarita had told me early on in my training with her, she said, Mija, the best healer will be the one who can bring together what I do with what Miguel does. And that's when I started studying with Miguel. And that's how I said, okay, boss. <laughs> Study with the man in the suit, because back then he used to wear a suit, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Had a different look to him, and I was like, yeah. You know, I like your book, but I don't know. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. 
he told me study with me guys okay so yeah and that's really my lineage is the the coming together of the two and it's so it's invaluable right the that aspect of you know that even her clients I started to work in this way with because I'd watch them sort of coming back and I'd look at Sarita and she'd kind of shake her head and look at me like do your thing Miha because it was like all right so there's something else to address here you know and it's not we we think we want to go right to the mind um but it's actually it's in the body like you said trauma lives in the body and and it's more than just the trauma that that we need to you know embrace and love back to health it's it's the emotional addiction it's the addiction to the trauma you see to being the victim which you know believe me you i never would have thought that i of all women on this planet was addicted to being a victim you know i strong independent resilient all those things and you know, when I started to see that addiction and got called out on it, <laughs> it was like, wait, what? No, 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 no. But yes, 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 yes. And, and you know, admitting that truth <laughs> and then pursuing that truth through all of those neural pathways in my body of going, oh, okay, now I practice refrain. And it was a lot of work to do that, even with, with Sadipa's healing work. Yeah. It was years before I really broke free from that addiction. So, yeah. 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 And so many people don't understand like the word addiction itself, you know, like I found Don Miguel Ruiz working in a drug and alcohol treatment center. Mm-hmm. They used the four agreements as part of their, you know, methods that they would use with the clients. And so I was teaching the four agreements before I even knew who Don Miguel Ruiz was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And that learning that, you know, drug and alcohol addiction is one part of the addiction tree. Process addictions are another. And the addiction to suffering is this whole new ball game that I didn't even know existed until I started working with the Ruizes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Even learning what process addictions were that they do, they are different than drugs and alcohol right? Um, Smoking, gambling, shopping, sex, like drama, all of that stuff is, it is actually an addiction. And we're watching it in our world. There's not, (laughs) there's not one human that doesn't suffer at some level in a process addiction. So this medicine is so important for the world. Understand the addiction to suffering that you don't have to suffer if you don't want to. And I think bringing ritual back into it, once you kind of got the neuro pathways figured out, bringing that ritual piece, like you said, Madre Saritas, that's what shifted me out of that PTSD spin from my hysterectomy. And that has skyrocketed me since we started working together because I have both pieces, like you said, you know, train this and train hers. Well, I did it the opposite from you. Like I just barely found you. But I've spent 10 years working on the toll on Miguel's work. And now diving into your work and Sarita's medicine, it's just, I still don't have words because 
there aren't human words yet for me. I'm sure they'll eventually get downloaded in, but <laughs> it's like, come on words there. I just don't know even how to say how amazing it is. Cause amazing isn't the, that's doesn't even give it enough clout to what yeah. it is. So. Well, thank you. Cause that's the greatest honor you could yeah. give this lineage and this work and yeah. The the gifts that it whoa it's just that whoa like you can't even you just say whoa because there is nothing else to say <laughs> right <laughs> yeah well you know and that's the greatest gift because you know it's the greatest truth right right when a moment we put something into a word we're you know we're it's a it's a representative every word is merely a representative right and until we enliven it. And so that whoa is maybe more alive than any right. word really give it. And yeah. allows well, Miguel, Miguel would say to us, if you take your experience and then try to put words around it, it's it's no longer the truth because it's through your perception, right? Mm -hmm. Words. And and that's how we we try to share our perception within the world. But the way I experience your medicine is not going to be the same way everybody else experiences your medicine. Right. So it is a very, very personal journey because what my soul basket is not the same as your soul basket. Right. And so my traumas are different than somebody else's traumas. So when they come and do this kind of work with you, it is everybody is literally getting something different because everybody's soul basket is different. And I think that's what makes a master healer. You know, when you get the cookie cutter, the dogma ways of, you know, I've taught massage school, I'm a Reiki master, all these things. I've had all these other modalities that I've worked with. And it's, you do it first, it's A, B, C, A, B, C. Like they have these, and it's great when people are learning how to do it. You almost need it in the beginning. But, you know, the Toltec artists are creating their own medicine, creating their own ways, getting out of those rigid boxes that that in the beginning you have to have when you're first learning but you know there's mastery in what you do well yes i mean it's really it's because of the way that sarita taught me to you know we didn't even call it teaching right called it you know delivering a message channeling right and you know, and the truth is that's that's really the way that Miguel taught me as well. You know, how he taught was a channel with me. And, you know, I, I, I really loved coming into, you know, the dreaming work with Miguel, the dreaming mystery school, because he was teaching in that, from that place. Right. It wasn't the four agreements as much as it was this very much downloaded message each right. week. Like he didn't really know what he was going to teach. You right. Know, and I got to really practice something that I came to call direct experience, okay, on both ends, right? So, you know, channeling is a way of delivering the word in the most honest way, the most truthful way, because the word is still alive, right? Instead of being attached to the meaning of the word itself, and like, like you said, it's not filtered through here. Right, it's actually filtered more through here, through the heart, right. and and so that that gets to be a more truthful and and direct experience of the message that is coming through me, 
because I'm not editing the words. They're they're editing me, if you will. <laughs> you know, they're just right. coming out direct from my heart. So in that way, it's like a direct delivery. And then in the same way of experiencing Sarita and Miguel, you know, I learned this right out the gate with Sarita because I didn't speak Spanish, right? When I first met her, I didn't speak Spanish. She didn't speak English. And so I would receive her prayers and her teachings to me, and I would just receive them directly. I didn't understand, but I understood, right? right. And I could feel the energy. You know, it was just, it, there was no uh, distraction from the energy. It was direct. And it was just so interesting when I finally got a translation, like a translator finally showed up one day and there was like, oh, wow. It just <laughs> actually went like this. It took this big experience and made it tiny little like whole funnel of the, you know, it's the, the word is this funnel and it's like this big for what this message is this big, but the word is this big. And all of a sudden my mind was engaged and that direct experience started to get lost in translation, right? And, and just sort of disengaging the heart and engaging the mind more. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I used to love just sitting and dreaming because I was so well-practiced by the time Miguel started teaching dreaming because I was just meditating with Sarita every day, practicing channeling with her every day. And there I was in dreaming and, you know, I still, I constantly used to underestimate myself, part of my victim stance addiction. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so he would give these teachings and I would just close my eyes and just receive, do my thing, direct experience, which is directly experience the message and receive it. And he would call on people every now and again, like, okay, what did I just say? Like translate it, you know? And I never had those words, what people were saying. I was like, oh, I don't have those words. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what he said. I don't know. Was yeah. I even, what did he say? You know, until he started calling on me and, and I would give the, I wouldn't give his words. I would give my experience. Right. And he said, perfect translation. Perfect, Rebecca. You know, well, he used to call me Becca. Perfect, Becca. You know, and I could see other people going, well, but that's not what you said. But it's what he said, right? Right. Different words, same message. Yeah. Right. So anyway, you know, it's beautiful. I love the word and I love for that reason, it really can be a messenger of truth. It can be our greatest tool, our greatest ally. Right. right? But we have to have a different relationship with it. And that's what we have really been sort of misguided into a relationship with the word you know, here and, you know, that one dictionary is the dictionary for all. Right. You know, and, and it, as long as we're trying to deliver a message, measuring against the dictionary of the world, like we're never going to get anywhere, right? No, no wonder there are these battles and wars over, you know, ideologies that, you know, we're so stuck and attached to right and wrong, good and bad, and to these measurements on like, we're all supposed to have the same dictionary and we're all supposed to have the same vision of, of, of God and experience of God when, you know, it, it, we're all in our own little mirror room. And so what is being reflected back to me is gonna be something very different that's being reflected back to you in that mirror room, right? And even if we're both standing in the same mirror room, just right. because I'm standing in a different place than you are, automatically we're going to see even something as innocuous as 
you know, a, a fly on the wall, we're going to see it differently, right? Even with no opinion about that, that then skews our point of view, just because we stand in a different place. Yeah. We see plain and simple. So instead of, you know, we there are a lot of prayers right now for peace, right? Peace, 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 peace. And I'm all for it. And yet to really get there, we've got to sort of shift our definition. And our relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And and our that with that word peace and, and what it means, right? That right. peace that we're all in agreement. Right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. It means that we accept our differences, right? It, we accept where we're not in agreement, you know, and then we actually can start making beautiful music together because it's different notes that create harmony, right? Different and, notes. And, and you need to have that. Yes. You uh -huh. need to have. And sometimes at the polar opposite, you know, and if we bring it into the, into the spiritual realm, this is what we do for each other. When, when you go into your goddess oracle state, I'm calling in Archangel Michael and I'm pulling in that warrior energy and anchoring you. We're in polar opposite energies. But to get the highest good, if you can go to those extremes and connect together, that's where the magic is. Yeah. yeah. And we can switch it and hold for each other. And that's why it's important to find people that you love and respect and feel safe with, especially when you're looking for a teacher, so that you can have that balance. Because if you don't have love and respect and trust in a container, you're not going to get the healing that you're looking for. Yeah. I've learned that firsthand. And I'm assuming everybody in the world has at some point been dropped yeah. in some relationship in their world because we're humans. And this concept of perfection, <laughs> it's a nice concept, but, you know, some reality has to drop in. We're, we're here to learn. Nobody's perfect, right? So, yeah, it's very interesting. Having respect for our differences and, and allowing people to dance in that energy, as long as they're not harming you, that's actually not a bad thing. Yeah. And and, and people are in this space where it's bad if you're not thinking exactly like how I am. Well, the earth is colorful. <laughs> there are many shades of everything. Mm -hmm. And it, 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 it's a whole lot more beautiful when you look at that great big flower garden and see all the colors and different petals and different things. Like we need that. It's part of the beauty of the world. Absolutely. You know, everything that we need to know, we could really learn from, from our mama, from our mama earth, you know? Right. And she really is the most perfect mirror for us and our human experience to remind us uh, of the truth and to see the uh, diversity on our planet and how it serves. You know, it's not only is it not a bad thing, it's a good thing <laughs> right that and that's going to challenge a lot of people's agreements about right yeah. and wrong because look where right and wrong has gotten us so far like how is that working for earth right now honestly how is that working for the divine mother right now right yeah 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 it's there's a lot of acceptance that we need to come to you know and and this is 
this is for me the way of the mother you know and this is the the medicine that i believe that i deliver uh, to those that walk through my my door and walk into my life whether they're a client or a friend or family is that medicine of acceptance mm-hmm. you know our mother accepts us right uh, she loves us she doesn't even need that word unconditional because that's just what love is inherently. It is unconditional. So it doesn't need that clarification. And, you know, and, and that is the, 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 the medicine of the mother and the way of the mother that we need to return to right now on this planet. We really need to return to that medicine of acceptance. You know, even those well, well, I, journeyed (laughs) on the spiritual path you know get into their righteousness you know of differentiating you know their level of awareness from another's or Mm -hmm. um, their their path versus another's path and which is better right and really all that we need to do you know instead of this sort of journey of constant undoing right? This constant undoing. And that, that was the way for a time. That was the way where we absolutely needed the undoing and the unwinding. And that still, that still will be here, right? That still will be here. And yet that medicine of acceptance, that what I call the alchemical embrace, that's what we need more than anything, right? Instead of this attitude of getting rid of something, this attitude of yeah annihilating right genocide right annihilating a whole peoples right so that we can have our peace right no we're spelling that word wrong right we're using it as if we mean so i can have my peace p-e-a-c-e but really what we're saying is so i can have my peace p-i-e-c-e <laughs> all right yeah, and it's the it's it's the dismantling of the patriarchy. Mine, mine, mine. She's mine. It's mine. That's mine. Don't pass the ball. Yeah, you know, I I actually looked for it on Instagram. You know how they have like the like identifying prepositions, right? She, her, him, yeah. they, right? And I was like, well, where's the we and the us? Right. I want to identify as a we and an us, like. You know, where's yeah. that hive of preposition? Because that's, you know, there was a time I had a hard time speaking because of that, because it was so much of a we and an us and I, the I, the I, the I, and I was like, I, ugh, I can't talk right now. <laughs> None of it measures. So, yeah, it's, you know, but it's beautiful where we're at. You know, it's beautiful where we're at. I, I know it's turbulent. It's turbulent right now. And yet it's so beautiful. And so, you know, as you know, my relationship with the mother in Teotihuacan, I mean, anywhere, but really in Teotihuacan that began, gosh, 2015-ish, I think it was, where I really started to see her there. She she really came through through me there and that, that consciousness, right? I don't mean actual entity, that consciousness of mother, that energy of mother. And and I started to see her everywhere. I started to see her womb in every temple, every temple that I hadn't seen before, you know, and because 
I had been journeying in Miguel's dream, right. you know, all those years was, you know, the little, <laughs> the good little student in Miguel's dream. And um, don't get me wrong. He absolutely honors the feminine. And yet it was just a different way. It was a different way through Teotihuacan. It was very much the warrior's way through Teotihuacan. Warrior's way, for sure. Yeah. But he's, um, in a, he's in a male soul basket, so it makes uh, sense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, thankfully I had Sarita in my life. And so even though I very much resonated with that warrior's path, 100%, like I, my little tomboy in me was like, yeah, let's get it. Cut, <laughs> <laughs> cut, cut ourselves free. Let's cut every cord of attachment. Let's die again and again. Let's die early and die often. And, you know, I'm a Scorpio. So we love the whole like death and regeneration thing. So yeah. I fire with it and yet you know I got the message like take a break and so I did I took a break from Teotihuacan for about five years I didn't go you know and I was already leading groups at that point and it just was like you know, it just something just shut down for me there not me shut down it shut down it was like pushing me out like go away <laughs> I go and I said okay I listen, I listen. And so I did, I took a break for about five years from journeying down there. And when I returned, that's when I saw the mother everywhere. And Teo, although Teo had always been a channeled uh, experience for me and a channeled delivery for my groups, it was being channeled through a whole different vibe. You know, that avenue of the dead, they call it that runs through the center of Teotihuacan, it shifted. It was a birth canal, which in a sense, you know, can we really separate death from birth? You know, these are all, we're languaging. It's all perception, right? Yeah, yeah, and we're languaging, right? And yet it, it was a different essence of it, right? Like even though, yes, in Miguel's journey through Teo, we would walk down the avenue of the dead, we would die to ourselves, we would die to the dream of the planet, and then at the very end, last day, we're reborn right but this was instead of this death process and then a birth it was this sort of ongoing birth that never ends you know and i don't know if i'm going to lose people here with this but the message that came to me was we never leave the womb you know we never left the womb and I don't mean the biological womb of our biological mothers. I mean the energy, the, uh, the cosmic mother, the consciousness of her. And, and you know, the beauty of that, <laughs> just the beauty of that. I mean, picture this, that we never left the womb and we're all sharing the same womb, right? We're all swimming <laughs> together in this beautiful dream one mother that we all share that we all share you know and that's you know where i mean i can feel her in, in that place of like all oh, my babies you know all oh, my babies like warring with each other you know as you witnessed in, in our last journey and teotihuacan you saw what what came and you know we'll, we'll give your readers a little taste of it so I, I always go down to Teotihuacan a day early before the group arrives to dream. 
and to to listen to what Teotihuacan Khan wants with this group, right? Where where do we begin? <laughs> right. You know, sometimes it shows me the whole journey, and sometimes it just shows me a beginning point. And anyway, I was there doing my dreaming walk through Teo, and this beautiful message came through of you know love, 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 and I was very much dreaming with the mother at the pyramid of the moon. And it was, and I, and I did a broadcast there live from Teo of just like love people don't suffer the suffering, you know, cause I could feel that like everybody's suffering, the suffering, uh, you know, in Palestine, Israel, Gaza, just really feeling that. And, and, and those of us here who, who don't even have to suffer it directly, we're choosing to suffer the suffering, right? Like somehow that's lending something if I'm here suffering, right? So the message was like, love, love, you don't have to suffer the suffering. Love, enjoy your life, enjoy your freedom, enjoy your peace, enjoy all of it because then there's more of it, right? There's more love, there's more all of that. So I'm giving you this context because then lo and behold, the, the message was you're starting, <laughs> you're starting with the mother. So we started with the group arrived that night and we started the next morning at the Temple of Women. And, um, well, we made our way there, right? And everybody had their, their womb healing. This is uh, the Temple of Women is underground temple. And there's this deep, deep um, portal and it's a physical well that's just this tunnel deep, deep into Dharma, yeah. And, you know, historically, this is where we, we go to do womb healing. Mm -hmm. And so everybody had received their healing and it was really powerful, right? And as, as, as it always is. And, and I decided, you know, to take a little sip, as I say, of the portal. You know, a little womb housekeeping, you know, always a good thing, right? And it took me out. I mean, it just took me out. I went down on my knees and with this intense sorrow, just, uh, it wasn't wails, I wasn't wailing. It was this just overflow, like a weep, a seep and a weep of the deep, right? And I asked what it was, because uh, I didn't know. And that's when I saw them, all the women, Palestine, Gaza, Israel, I mean, we're going back, you know, through decades of suffering and all that sorrow was just pouring, pouring, pouring to me. And it was so beautiful because our time was cut short. I mean, it wasn't cut short. We had a lot of time down there. We get sort of special access to these places. And uh, so our guardian, our temple guardian, was like, oh, we're back to that. And I'm like, still in it. <laughs> full-blown in it yeah and I just couldn't stop it I couldn't I could it's not wasn't just a channel I could just turn off and and I just begged for a song I just knew I just like a lullaby it was what I, I just needed something to ease the sorrow of these women and I begged for a song and lo and behold there there you were with a perfect water song. Perfect water song. And it was even more special because you had been given that water song by my teacher. Yes. Gis yeah, Giselle. And so it felt like 
it wasn't just you singing it was her singing through you it was you know all of it and you know the the moment you began singing that song the channel just moved from me back to the portal and it was like ah like finally I could my breath was my own my body was my own the tears stopped and you know I knew they were going to be well taken care of you know I just made the prayer for for that channel to remain open and connected to that portal that all of that suffering could 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 come here you know and and be released through that portal through that well cleansed you know that it had a place to go and I don't really remember how we got to this story. Well, I can share my experience because that's ex- that's a ex- that's exactly what happened. I finished. I was laying on the stairs holding space for you, and then when I saw you bend over the well, I it was like I asked Source. I'm like, "Am I needed there?" And that that warrior piece kicked in. Like I said, that polar. When we do this work, it's important to have the divine masculine and feminine present. And because I can house and embody uh, Archangel Michael from all the gym stuff that I've done, I have access to those portals. When I held onto your hand and you asked for a song, I'm like, okay, here's the anchor. And like you said, you could switch out of that portal, but that's what the catch is. That's what the anchoring is. So to allow your spirit to come and embody your soul basket again you know when we do this work when we're channeling you know and whether you want to share the other piece that happened <laughs> with with Sarita like you you surrender and get out of the way and you become the vessel to the point of you know like you were having trouble even getting up because you had fully surrendered and was allowing that to come through you and it just you know the the, the quote that you always say that comes up into my mind is you know shaman's shit for the world <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was a big shit right <laughs> that was a big space <laughs> and a big... huge amount of energy that you are capable of channeling through your soul basket mm-hmm. that is unreal and um it was my honor to hold space and scoop you at the end Mm, yeah yeah well that's you know coming back to the one womb you know that we're all swimming in and and that's that's it you know that's it right there like that that's why I think that story is coming through to really display that to really you know look we are all swimming in the same womb and 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 so yeah like sometimes you know, we don't have to suffer the suffering, but we might be asked, asked to help it Animal. be, right? To help it be released, to help, to give it a place to go, right? Right. And, we- right, right. And that's something I'm so grateful that, you know, I used to be in this way of, like, I have to do it alone, right? Because I did, I was on a very solo journey with Sarita. You know, there was nobody else studying with her. In fact, a lot of the people that really, you know, we're in Miguel's world. We're kind of like, oh, that's just superstition and na, 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 na. And, you know, so I was very sort of alone in this place of honoring that, uh, that side of the lineage. And, um, and so anytime I was given 
these sort of downloads and, and sort of missions, if you will. And I say that with complete humility, being given these sort of missions, like go here, do that cleaning, do this, do that, work on this person or work on this temple or work on this river. Like, you know, yeah. I would take it on solo and silently. Like it's not something I would broadcast to the world and, or even really ask for anybody's help until you know, I mean, gosh, at some time we have to just give the whole story of the mother and Teo. But it was so when she first came through, you know, seven years ago, and I say first as if, <laughs> as if, right? <laughs> I'm sure she's been knocking on my door for a while when I first <laughs> led her through all the way. You know, it was her saying, like, I'm coming. Like, I am coming. And it was actually the directive came from sort of the masculine energy in Teo initially that said like, you know, raise her from her hiding place. It's time, like help her rise from her hiding place. And, and then the mother came through and she didn't want to talk to the women. She wanted to talk to the men. Right. Yeah. And it was just sort of like, a, Hey, I'm coming. <laughs> My time of return, the return of the mother is, is soon upon us. Like I said, this was back in 2015. And she was just reassuring them. She was saying, but don't worry. Like we rise together, like hand in hand. And I You're need not left you. out. Yeah, you won't be left out. It won't be like before. It's not like down with the man, up with the woman. It's, you know, it's that we, we can stand together. It's a know? collective dream. Uh -huh. It's the omatea, the divine duality, right? The omatea is a, for those that don't know, is a Nahuatl word that sort of synonymous with amen, but not really it translates loosely to like, to the divine duality, to the divine duality, because there's an honoring. Again, there's it that acceptance. Yeah, acceptance of that divine duality of differences um, that bring us together, right? So anyway, I mean, it was a beautiful message then. And then the next time, that is really a notable big mama journey was when I found myself there with just a group of women. And this time, the masculine energy of Teotihuacan said, have them bring all the men to me and leave them here. <laughs> like, excellent. Yeah. Leave them <laughs> and we did like, we stood in a circle and we said the name of every man that we were carrying in our womb or that we had ever carried in our womb. And I don't just mean our sons. Okay. Cause I physically had a child. I mean, the men that we carry, right. How we have carried them, right. How we have fostered them, loved them, taken them in, taken them on. <laughs> right. Right. And it was amazing. It was almost like an exorcism, just everybody saying the names. And then we left them there in the Plaza of Quetzalcoatl. Boom. All the men were there and women were free to do their work for themselves. Yeah. More no more villains. It was so incredible. And it was clearly such a, an elevation of the work there. I mean, the walk down the Avenue of the Dead was a walk of ownership. And that by the end of, I think it was our first day there. And we were having lunch at uh, a friend's restaurant, just like, which happens to be like right at the end of the Avenue of the Dead or sort of the beginning, right near Ketso's house. And all of a sudden I'm struck, uh, a vision starts coming through me. And again, it's this sort of sorrow 
and but I'm seeing what is emoting through me and it's it was all the the feminine there was the feminine ancestors of Teotihuacan and they were all at the outside of the gate and they were uh, wanting to, to get in but they were all bruised and bloodied and battered and broken shields at their feet and um and I I besieged you know Quetzalcoatl sort of the gatekeeper, the feathered serpent, and sort of the gatekeeper of Teotihuacan. I said, let them in. You told me it's time for the mother's rise. Let them back in. And he said, no, they must be cleaned first. And this is your work. Yeah. Hands up. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there I was. This was a huge, like, oh, my God. And, of course, I'm just saying, yes, okay, okay, you know. Sure, I'll do it. But I emerged from this and all the women had gathered around me at this point. You know, my eyes were closed. We're seeing this, <laughs> have lunch with Rebecca. <laughs> and they all had gathered around me and you know, rubbing my back, holding my hand, just, you know, easing me because they could see it was big energy that I was channeling and I opened my eyes and I just started to share with them what I saw and, and what I was told. And they said, okay, we want to do this with you. And it was like, yes. You yes. don't have to do the work alone, honey. Exactly. Because my womb isn't big enough for it. And that's, again, the mother's way is communal. It's right. Communal. We need it's, to hold each other's hands and walk through this together. Yeah. And, and that's how we really return to the one womb that we all share is that we start really connecting the dots, as you say, connecting these connecting ourselves, the dots to each other and honoring that golden thread that connects us all and sharing the work, sharing the work, sharing the, sharing the joy, sharing the sorrow, right? This is how it gets released. This, this is how we move through this big turn in our evolution. I mean, it is big and this is how we weather <laughs> the turbulence and stay aflight you know, yeah. stay aloft. We do it together. We don't do it alone. You know, those days of independence are done. You know, that American way of, you know, independence that we pride ourselves on. Oh, you know, it's that interdependence and that interconnectedness. And it's the, not just the hive mentality, it's the hive heart, you right. know, the hive heart. And so, yeah, I was so grateful that those women stepped up. And I was so grateful that you know, my, my self-importance had softened enough that it didn't have to be this, no, this mission was given to me and I must do it alone. Alone. Yeah. So there's, there's no way I would have been able to do that cleansing work <laughs> without them, you know, yeah. with, or without destroying myself, really. Because that's what and, happens, you know, when, when, when we do this work, it does take a a physical toll on our bodies, you know, coming home from Teo with you, it took me a month and two rounds of antibiotics and I'm still processing some stuff in my heart and down into my solar plex. So people don't understand unless they've been through it, how intense this work can be. And, you know, that self-importance piece, when you, when you go through these levels of ascension, it is a major part that we deal with. Mm -hmm. And 
some people take it over the top and some people sabotage themselves with it. Like it goes on both ends too, to, to the point of I'm not worthy or I'm the king of the castle and nobody can touch me. And I'm doing this on myself. And it's that guru status, right? It goes from one opposite end to the other when you're dealing with your ego in this space. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and, you know, just to clarify for, for everyone, everybody's re-entry as we call it, uh, their return home after one of these uh, journeys is different, right? And and we do get to we do get to ask for for what we need and how we need it, right? Certainly, you you were being gentle on yourself when you first showed up. You were like, "I'm going to be so gentle. I'm going to try something gentle, being gentle, being gentle, and being gentle until your fire cleansing." And you came to me. You said, "All right, it's I'm go time, girl. All of it." Rah, you know, it's like, well, okay, all right, that's what you want, that's what you get, you know. Yeah, yeah but what you wish for, especially you working yeah. with you. So, yeah. thank you for meeting me there. I don't regret a thing. Oh, <laughs> I don't regret going that hard because yeah. here's the other thing, too when you finally find somebody that can hold and allow you to push yourself to experiment because I've never had a container where that I could, it, it would be like me saying to one of my gym kids, okay, today you're learning twisting doubles. Aren't you excited? It's like, hell yeah, I'm excited. And I'm shitting my pants at the same time. Like it's holding that fear and excitement at the same time. I was giving and given an opportunity to stretch myself. How much energy can I hold? How much of that trauma of the world can I process through my own physical soul basket if I'm held by somebody I trust and respect? Yeah. Right? And I did dance a line and my physical body paid the toll. However, I am proud of how much energy I did move for the planet. And, and then, you know, the stuff that goes online with Facebook and, and you know, the, the trolls that come after you and what are you doing for the world? I'm like, oh, sweetheart, <laughs> we're not having this conversation because you don't get it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I know in my own heart, I'm in the right place. I'm following the proper cosmic breadcrumbs and I have found another soul sister and teacher and thank you. Thank you for everything that you do, not just for me, but what you do on a planetary level, like from, from the stars coming down that I, you are just, you are a gift to this planet. And I'm just so grateful to be working with you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You know, it's to, to serve is the gift really. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what it's about. Love, service, and wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And, and, you know, <laughs> and I'm just a girl. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. When you work through that self-importance piece, you know that every single human on this planet can channel. That's fact. We, we come exactly. down, our, our soul baskets are equipped for every human on the planet to be able to do this. The work right. is cleaning your mirror, cleaning out the garbage so that you can see, that you can channel, that you can do this. Everybody can do this. Yes. 
Absolutely. Just how Absolutely. committed are you to cleaning out your garbage? Right. Yeah. And, and some are, are blessed. I mean, everyone has these gifts. It's whether you develop them, right? And then additionally, whether you clean your mirror to be able to interpret them without distortion, right? right. Because even an unclean mirror can step into a channel exactly. and deliver deliver a mostly yes. undistorted, right? Because, you know, if they're really directly connecting in, that can be an undistorted message. But then when they step back in to themselves, right? Now what's happening, the, the interpretation of that, the translator now is likely going to distort that message and or claim ownership, right? And this sort of ego way, which again, I have nothing against ego. Ego is beautiful. Ego is necessary. I am, period. It's the I am fill in the blank that gets us in trouble. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But the I am, you know, that's a good thing. I am. I am. Yeah. I am. I am, you know. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. So yeah, it really is about cleaning your mirror. I mean, I I started training with Sarita and Miguel when I was 20. Well, I was 20 when I met Sarita and Miguel. So really, I guess my training started then. <laughs> of course, of course. And you had a, a, a different uh, relationship with them as well. You know, there's lots of teachers that go in and learn and pay other people. But your situation was so unique. Yeah. Yeah. I was living with them. And for they, a decade, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess like seven and a half years around there before I moved into my own spot, you know, and then would visit and um, assist her with her healings and assist Miguel with his um, journeys and and workshops. But yeah, I, the living with them was such a gift because um, I got to see the human, right? The, and, you know, and it's not so much that Miguel really presented this guru on the couch kind of mentality within himself, but it's certainly what got projected upon him. Right. And, and definitely not Sarita. I mean, are you kidding? She would have her rollers in for her clients, still her hair rollers, you know? I mean, she, she was holding up no mask. <laughs> well, Miguel might've played the game a little bit, but he was playing. Yeah. <laughs> See what he was doing, the control folly, right? Yeah. Sarita didn't have any time or care for for even right. playing the game but it, you know it was beautiful because I got to see their human I got to see you know Sarita playing mom to Miguel and be like you need to eat more and <laughs> you know, that woman no good for you you need to settle down and find a wife and you yeah. know and, and her own you know I mean she like all of us would break like a little girl you know this amazing powerful healer that, like I said, could make blind people see, and yet she could just break like a little girl, you know. And so uh, it was such a gift to see that both in her and in Miguel, the the humanity. And and I think it's what allowed me to to get to where I am in this very like balanced way, you know, where. And it's one thing that, you know, my students always say, what I love about you is that you can be so serious and so intense in this ceremony where you're like on fire. And then like, as soon as the ceremony's over, you like pop up and you're like, who wants ice cream? <laughs> and just so playful and so human. Yeah. 
And also the way that I teach, you know, when I'm not channeling, I'm sharing my personal stories. I'm sharing my journey because, you know, if I can do it, you can do it. Like, you know, to, to not pretend like I was just born this way, you know? Well, sure, we were all born this way. <laughs> but I but forgot. Your path took you through this incredible storyline, like living with some of the most powerful healers in the world and then coming out your own side, making your own medicine. Like it is, it is amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. And I love it's kind of it's it's kind of racking my blowing my brain with you given the dates of, you know, in 2015 you stepped out and then came back a couple of years later. Well, when you stepped out, that's when I came in. Yeah. And then as you came back, I was ready for you. Fascinating. It's just yeah. fascinating how yeah. the timelines work and how people show up in your world when they're supposed to. Those cosmic breadcrumbs are a thing if you learn how to look for them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And as we're rounding up our hour, I would love to talk about our next exciting thing that we're planning. Oh, yes. Well, <laughs> the title of the show, we said, well, why not just call it the same? Because it's yeah. what we're going to be talking about for a while now, for um, all at least, and probably beyond, because we're dreaming a new signature journey in, in Teotihuacan. And we're calling it Root to Rise. And, and really, it begins in Teotihuacan, but it's Teotihuacan and beyond. Yes. Uh, this mission was given. Was it? No, it was in 2019, I think it was, with that journey with the women, where we were cleansing the feminine ancestry. And this mission was given that we had to not just do this here in Teotihuacan. We had to do this all over the at, world. In yeah. Different power all, spots. Yeah. Uh -huh, and all the temples where the feminine had been buried, put yeah. underground. And um, as you were getting that mission in 2019, that is mm -hmm. when I started my zeroed in direct apprenticeship with the Ruizes and all the other teachers that I was working with. That That is when my big transition happened as well. So mm -hmm. it's fascinating, the parallels of our stories and that I went full, full blown apprenticeship with, with the boys. Well, yeah, and I would say you are also simultaneously breaking from the wounded feminine. Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yes. Because the toxic, the, the toxic masculinity slash patriarchy also exists in female soul baskets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we weren't always a woman, <laughs> right? right? Just the skin we got this go round. So, right. you know. So, and then it, and then it took me years to come around and the fact that now we're coming together and we're both able to hold both pieces. I'm really excited for this new storyline and what we're creating and yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. So, you know, this journey in Teo, Root to Rise, it, it's, it's called Root to Rise and it's going to be in April during the next solar eclipse. Yeah, because uh, our first one was the solar eclipse, and we're bookending it with another. Yeah, solar yeah. eclipse. Yeah, and so you know, I don't pretend to know exactly what the journey's going to be. I just know that it will be the mother's way through Teo, because that's just sort of all that comes through me <laughs> anymore. So I surrender, and it'll very much be a healing journey for people. You know, my journeys aren't about. 
um, just let's just get to the enlightenment, let's just skip to the good part, you know, like, no, it's, it's, we, we, we show up to, to work, we show up to be worked, and we show up to heal, we show up to cleanse and purify for ourselves and for the, the one womb that we all share. So we're, we'll be doing fire cleansings again on this, on this round. Um, and having very special VIP access to my pro probably my favorite new place my favorite new old place in Tejo right. <laughs> um, so yeah we've arranged to, to go there on the solar eclipse and then we'll be doing a beautiful soul retrieval ceremony in Tolentango which is you know a, a, a drive a little bit of a drive outside of Teotihuacan so we'll be spending the nights there and it's Tolentango is known as the womb of Mexico so that's where we'll be going to have our soul retrieval, you know, to call our souls fully back into our newly healed state of being and to renew our vow to this body, to this heart, to this mind, to this life, to this mother and to this womb that we all share. So Tolentongo is warm springs. There will be water, water everywhere, waterfalls, water caves, a river. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> and... Yeah, and my good friend Victor will be coming with us. So he lights a fire every night and he plays his flute and we all sing and we dance and we celebrate life together. So it's going to be absolutely a route to rise again and again and again. Because as you experienced, my journeys aren't a trajectory. They're not this like, whoa, we're, we're riding the wave, you know, and that's what makes it such a sustaining impact within your being that when you come home it's not this big re-entry because we're not soaring out of our body no it's root to rise right and that's so much of the medicine of the mother that she's given me in my own healing of trauma which we can talk about in another session um so yeah i hope anyone and everyone is welcome to join us you don't ever have to have done a lick of spiritual work in fact kind of love the ones that have it <laughs> and, you know our arms are open to all and this journey is for women and men old and young we'll take good care of you and this and, is just the beginning you know yeah. if, if april doesn't fit into your timeline reach out and let us know because we and and we do small intimate groups and so you know if if there's a need and you have a group Call us and we can figure it out. We're very flexible that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's I love doing those sort of custom journeys, you know, for a group that maybe has already been maybe a, practicing the four agreements and a little Toltec wisdom circle or just a book club, you know. <laughs> yeah, if you already have a community uh -huh. and, you know, we can bring your community and you can do it together with your people, which is yeah. even more power. If you're already connected, yeah yeah absolutely. and you're into and, and you're into that collective healing for the planet like this is you're, you're coming to do the work for yourself but in these power places with the with the containers that we hold it is collective clearing ancestral clearing we're doing work in multi-dimensional levels mm -hmm. as well as your what did what did she call it in our ancient it's, these are like our used vehicles and we have to tune them up and take care of them. And you can't remember how she worded it, but oh my God, it was so funny. Mm. But yeah, 
you need to tune yourselves up and we clearly the world needs some tuning as well yeah and we yeah. can do it together mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely it's it's really the only way anymore together mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. yeah yeah well i'm really looking forward to spending more time with you i'm excited to see where this series goes and yeah. talk more because we got lots to talk about we do really right love it we didn't know when we set the name of the journey that we were like, oh, well, we knew it was going to be more than one journey. We knew that. And then it was like very quickly just getting bigger and bigger, like not just Teotihuacan, Teotihuacan and beyond. Oh, and now we have a radio show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm being called to Scotland, like those, my, my ancestors, those Vikings over there, the Druids, like there, there's some... There's some Europe that's calling and yeah. so it's going to be very interesting to see where we end up. So also we'll drop those, those little seeds out there. Mm -hmm. People yeah. in other countries, if you want us to come to you. Yes. Yeah. Please. We're, we're, we're going to be doing some of the explorations, you know, from afar <laughs> of where to go. And, and yet please like reach out to us, you know, where do, where, where do we go to where do we need to bring our medicine? Where is our medicine needed? Yeah. That that's pretty much what I'm putting out there. Show me. Yeah. Show me the lights. Show me where we're needed. Yeah. So yeah, we haven't posted the journey yet. Uh, but it will soon be posted coming soon. And you can stay tuned on if you're on Instagram, I'm Nawal Heart on Instagram and shaman sister on facebook so those are some places you can find me and stay tuned to when uh, we launch that which i think actually is going to be this week we're going to put I out do, i think so as well anyway yeah the landing page you know that takes a little bit of time but and uh, all the links will be in the show notes so <laughs> if you want to find either of us you know go to the links and we'll make sure all of rebecca's stuff is there as well yeah yay all right love well i'll see you next time Yes. Thank you for sharing your time and energy with us. The best way to help us spread this message is to rate, review, and subscribe. If this episode impacted you in any way, share it with others. Post about it on social media or share your experience in the comments. We look forward to sharing space with you again soon. Until then, blessings on your journey.